You are listening to TKO on CFRE Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? It's your girl, Janon, right here. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that's around the world of fighting and talk about noble fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they are now. Man, what a time to be alive as a fight fan. I mean, today I was at work, but I obviously needed some um, cool jams to listen to to, you know, spend time at work. So I went on YouTube and, um, you know, on the on the homepage of my YouTube um, account, I guess, there was this live stream link to Floyd Money Mayweather's um, entire professional fights, all of the fights that he's ever done on his professional career, all of the 49 fights that he's ever done. And man, you know what this tells you? This tells you that what we have ahead of us, uh, you know, towards the end of um, this August is going to be legendary. It's going to be historic because if you already don't know, ladies and gentlemen, the fight between the notorious Conor McGregor and Floyd Money Mayweather is official. Yes. And you know what? Okay, of course we're going to be talking about it here on TKO. We're going to be previewing it. We're going to be analyzing it. And just to let you know, we're going to have an exclusive, exclusive episode just dedicated to this uh, Mayweather and McGregor fight, uh, probably during the week, um, during fight week, the week that is leading up to this fight. So, okay, it's been rumored that this fight is going to be on August 26th. However, it's not been, you know, completely confirmed by um, the promoters and the sponsors yet. But that's what we've been told so far. And I mean, fingers crossed. We really hope that it does actually happen on that day. And I mean, personally, I am dying here. I'm just super, super excited. And you know what? I'm just going to keep it like this right now i'm not gonna you know talk about it too much because um you know i'm just gonna be well should i say we are going to be thoroughly talking about it and breaking it down um in the upcoming weeks in august uh the uh, during the week leading up to this fight so keep an eye out for that episode ladies and gentlemen i will definitely you know keep you updated on that episode and uh just uh, if there's any other news regarding this fight And man, just like we always say, just like we've been saying for the past, I think, three episodes, International Fight Week is coming up. It is going to be during the first week of July. So uh, this past weekend, we had a um, UFC fight night. And that was pretty much it. And, um, you know, the next UFC fight is going to be during um, International Fight Week. So we are going to be starting International Fight Week on July 7th with the Ultimate Fighter finale. On this card, we are going to be inaugurating the women's uh, flyweight division. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Go ladies. Woo. And also, of course, (laughs) you know, there's going to be the um, Ultimate Fighter finale. And so that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, What else do we have on the Saturday of this um, weekend? So July 8th, obviously, we have um, UFC 213, which is headlined by um, the rematch between the current women's um, bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes 
and Valentina Shevchenko. That so that's gonna be a pretty pretty exciting fight, and you know that's just the main event. But this entire card is just stacked with big draws and just. So many talented fighters. So I would definitely say you really, really need to watch this card because the fights are going to be amazing on this card. So, um, you know, uh, probably in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be previewing this card as well. So do not worry. And, uh, you know, I don't want to just um, keep on going and just um, talk about all the future events that are coming up. I mean, we have Ryzen, uh, the next Ryzen event coming up in Japan on <laughs> July 30th. And, you know, so many exciting uh, fights coming up. But hey, man, today, why I'm here is because I really wanted to talk about and analyze the fights the, that happened over this weekend. Especially, I want to talk about the fights that happened on Bellator 180. Yes, so many exciting fights and so many, uh, I guess, great surprises and shocks and, you know, things that you've ne never really seen in the sport before really did happen on this card. And um, just like just like we said, it happened in Madison Square Garden. So it was a pretty good fight card. And we're also going to be breaking down the fight, the UFC fight that happened on UFC Fight Night um, 112 card in Oklahoma and um, it was headlined by um, Kevin Lee and Michael Chiesa so those are all the things that we're going to be talking about today so stay tuned and do not go anywhere we have a pretty pretty exciting episode ahead of us fam so what are we waiting for let's get started yes okay so um just like I said you know, we're, we're probably not going to have enough time to talk about every single fight that happened on this Bellator 180 card. So first of all, just like I said, it happened in Madison Square Garden, New York. And um, this is probably the biggest event that Bellator has ever had to this date. And, uh, you know, so the preliminary uh, fights were on Spike TV. And this is the first time that Belter has ever had a pay-per-view event. And um, so, yeah, the main card was um, pay-per-view. But I'm going to get started with the last fight on the preliminary card, which was a, um, a light heavyweight championship bout between the champion Phil Davis and Ryan Bader. Now, the interesting thing is that both of these guys are former UFC contenders. And I'm telling you, both of these guys are pretty phenomenal fighters. They were really, really talented. And I mean, you know, you can't just always stay with the UFC forever. I guess if you have a better contract with another organization, you just, um, you know, take it and go with it. So, you know, starting this fight, it was just such a close fight. And, um, you know, Phil Davis, when he did get the title for himself um, in his previous fight, he he was just fighting so well and smart. However, in this fight, I mean, I don't know if Ryan Bader was just um, more prepared or what, but Ryan Bader, he completely dominated over Phil Davis. And I'm not saying that Phil Davis didn't really do anything. He did land so many great shots. And, you know, the thing is, Ryan Bader just uh, mixed it up so much. And, he, you know, he wasn't just striking or he wasn't just grappling, even though Ryan Bader does come from a um, wrestling background, but he he makes it up. He was fighting extremely smart. But he and, you know, the thing is, he was giving it his all. He was going at it. And so was Phil Davis. But tonight, 
Ryan Bader just um, proved to be the better fighter that night, the better man that night. And so we have a new light heavyweight belter champion, and that is Ryan Bader, ladies and gentlemen. So everybody needs to watch out for this guy. And I mean, okay, um, the main uh, difference, I guess, between Bellator and UFC as um, organizations, as MMA organizations, is that you know, in the UFC, you see all of these guys um, who are in the same weight division just like calling each other out. Uh, you know, but the guys who are just in that division and, you know, we only have a few guys who are calling um, from um, uh, other weight divisions like guys like Conor McGregor and, um, you know, other guys who are kind of ambitious in a way. OK, but in Bellator, because um, not not all of the weight divisions are stacked like that. So you can't really just call out a guy in your own weight division. You have to kind of like go above and beyond what your weight is. Say if you're a middleweight, you can totally call out a heavyweight. You know, the, the fight is going to happen. Either you are going to gain weight to fight that person or the heavyweight person is going to lose weight and you guys are going to fight at a catch weight. So it's not like, oh, you're restricted to calling out a certain guy in your own weight division because there are because Bellator is a relatively new organization. So there are no, you know, solid weight divisions and there are there are no um I guess stacked weight divisions so you can't really do that so I guess for Ryan Bader because he is the new champion and there aren't a lot of um, I mean I don't want to like disrespect anybody in this way but there aren't a lot of um, talented guys you could say in the light heavyweight division in um, Bellator you know some guys you know transition back and forth between different weight divisions for instance we have Chel Sonnen who is actually the headliner in this um, Bellator 180 card who is currently at light heavyweight but you know there aren't certain guys who are just fighting at light heavyweight so it's just kind of tricky to figure out what is next for Ryan Bader in this case but oh well best of luck to him and um, you know so much respect to Phil Davis uh, for just um catching up with um, Ryan Bader's um, attacks and just, you know, staying in there and just um, hanging in there and being tough. Okay, so the next fight that I really want to bring up was, um, again, another championship fight, but this time a lightweight championship fight between the champion Michael Chandler and Brent Primus. Okay, this fight, <sighs> okay, this was uh, one of those um, things that I hadn't really seen in a fight before, and it was just pretty, uh, you know, interesting, not necessarily in a good way or a bad way, but because I hadn't really seen it before, it was just interesting to me. So the fight starts, and um, both of these guys look so ready to go, and so, you know, Brent Primus is throwing so many leg kicks, okay? And uh, Michael Chandler is also throwing a lot of um, strikes and shots, which are actually being absorbed by um, Brent Primus. However, Brent Primus throws a leg kick, and uh, Michael Chandler, you know, I guess he checks it, but the shot, the leg kick, was so hard that um, Michael Chandler's leg, you know how... Um, when you sit down in a certain position, your your foot just like uh, feels numb and, you know, it, it falls asleep, I guess. So in this case, because the shot was so hard, it just numbed his entire leg. So he couldn't really feel his leg. And as he was um, putting his leg 
back down on the canvas because he couldn't really feel anything. Okay, he, I guess, dislocated his ankle. Like, you know how you, how when you wear like, you know, high heel boots or whatever, your your ankle just turns um, inwards and you um, really hurt your <laughs> your ligaments and everything. So that is actually what happened to Michael Chan to Michael Chandler's ankle, unfortunately. And at first, because his leg was numb, he didn't really feel it. But uh, you know, because he wasn't really feeling it, he tried to I guess show that everything was fine and that he could continue fighting uh, Brent Primus. However. His his ligaments were totally out. They were completely loose. His ankle was loose. And every time he tried to put his, uh, you know, that injured leg, um, that injured foot on the ground, it, it, he wouldn't stand still. And he would just like wobble. And um, his ankle just seemed so out of place and dislocated, so horribly dislocated. And the thing is, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call this the best sportsmanship uh, act, <laughs> you know, uh, because Brent Premis kept kicking that injured leg over and over and over again. I mean, you got to do what you, what you got to do to win. But at the same time, I mean, you see this other guy so horribly injured and you just keep going at it. You know, uh, you just keep throwing shots at that injured leg. I mean, personally, I wouldn't really do it. But I guess Ram Premis really wanted to hurt Michael Chandler and, you know, wanted to take use his chances and uh, get the belt for himself. So eventually he kept doing that. Brand Premis kept doing that to Michael Chandler's um, leg and Michael Chandler kept falling down on the canvas but he would get back up and um you know he you couldn't really see any sort of um you know pain or anything in michael chandler's face however the referee stopped the fight and they called the doctors over into the um into the cage and um According to the doctors, Michael Chandler wasn't really fit to continue anymore. However, Michael Chandler, you know, he he was just so tough and he just kept saying, no, I just want to continue. But, you know, he technically couldn't. So the fight stopped and Brent Premis is now the new lightweight champion at Bellator through a doctor stoppage through a TKO. And so Yaman, I mean, it was just so it was just so weird to watch like when someone's ankles goes out like that oh man yeah it's just kind of weird to watch but oh well but Michael Chandler said that he he's going to be back in the ring or in the cage as soon as possible and let me tell you this there's definitely definitely going to be a rematch between these two guys because um (laughs) the first fight between these two yeah it was uh it was a bit controversial and um you know uh, the TKO wasn't a result. It was, you know, wasn't a result of um, Brent Premis really hurting Michael Chandler. It was because Michael Chandler kind of injured himself because he put his foot, uh, you know, the wrong way on the ground. That's why he dislocated his ankle in the first place. So. You know, it's kind of tricky and controversial, but we definitely need to see a rematch between these two guys for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, moving on to the next fight. Yes, 
we finally have the heavyweight fight between Matt Mitrione and Fedor Emelianenko, ladies and gentlemen. So, as you might recall, this fight was actually going to happen a few months back um, at Bellator 175, I believe. However, I guess about three hours before the main card actually started, it was announced that Matt Mitrione was transferred to a hospital because of kidney stones, which we, you know, totally get. And, um, you know, we're happy that he's um, healthy now and all ready to go and just like get in there and fight Fedor Emelianenko. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the fight is about to start. So the fight starts and okay, <laughs> you guys, you guys know Fedor. So if you just look at his face, he's just so calm, cool and collective and you know, you don't really see any intimidation in his face. And he literally looks like he just woke up from a nap. That's how calm and relaxed he is when he's fighting um, another guy. And Matt Mitrione, let me tell you this, if he does win this fight against Fedor, I mean, it's going to be the biggest uh, the biggest win of his entire professional career and if he does lose this fight I mean he, he will lose to Fedor the legend and so anyways the fight starts and uh, both guys you know it, it seems like they know what the other guy is um, capable of doing because this is a heavyweight fight uh, nobody wants to do anything out of line and they don't definitely they definitely don't want to do anything that they will regret after you know so the fight starts Matt Mitrione has fantastic footwork so he's just um, so dynamic he's just moving around uh, trying trying to throw shots from different angles However, Fedor Emelianenko, he, you know, because he has that old school, um, I guess, style in him, um, he's just kind of standing there and um, not so much moving around. And he just he's just in that stance and waiting to throw the shot that will knock out Mametrion. And um, I guess you can't really anticipate when that shot will be coming. So I guess that's the, you know, that's the hardest and scariest part of fighting Fedor, someone like Fedor, a deadly striker like Fedor. So, you know, the first round is just um, passing like that and... Um, Nothing's really happening in terms of significant strikes. And then out of nowhere, both of these guys throw a big shot. And for the first time ever, I mean, this is the first time that I've personally seen this. There's a double knockdown. So Matt Mitrion throws a shot. Fedor throws a shot. Both of the shots are absorbed by both of these guys. And they are both knocked down because the, both of these shots are so heavy. But the thing is, I mean, we already know Fedor Emelianenko is uh, 40 years old in Mametrion. I mean, he's he's just two years younger than Fedor. But for whatever reason, Mametrion is able to recover faster from the shot that he took than Fedor. And so he uses that opportunity, that golden opportunity to come back and start throwing ground and pounds onto Fedor. And he's throwing bombs, ladies and gentlemen. He's throwing deadly shots onto Fedor's head. And it is all over. It's a TKO for Mametrion. Mametrion just defeated Fedor Emelianenko. And I mean, it just all happened so fast after that um, double t uh, double knockdown because, you know, everybody was just so shocked by that double knockdown itself. 
And, you know, it was just so weird to watch because just like we said, Fedor is a legend. And um, after this fight, I mean, we're not even sure if he's going to be back into the cage um, to, you know, take any more fights anymore. So, yeah, man, it was just so exciting to watch. And, uh, you know, the future is so bright for Mamitrion. Um, he can, um, you know, challenge so many guys because this fight is just so... This fight just looks so great on his fighting resume. And so he can pretty much do anything. I mean, you know, if he's in Bellator and Ryzen or whichever organization, he's going to have, you know, uh, better chances for promotion, I guess. Like, organizations will definitely throw the highlights of this fight to promote Matreon for future fights, for sure. And so Fedor, I mean... He didn't really seem really bothered by this loss, I guess, because it just happened so fast. And um, we really hope that he does get back into the cage, whichever organization it may be. So, yeah, man, best of luck to Fedor and best of luck to Mamitrion. Okay, and now moving on to the main event of Bellator 180, the anticipated fight between Chel Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva. So... Vanderlei Silva, as you guys already know, is a former champion at the Japanese organization Pride. I mean, we all remember Pride. Um, this is how MMA initially, you know, got it became popular uh, back in the day, about 20 years ago. You know, I guess um, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, and he was a champion there. And Chel Sonnen, he obviously. Uh, both of these guys used to fight for the UFC, Ashley, but Chael Sonnen, he got the opportunity to challenge so many champions at the UFC. He challenged John Jones. He challenged Anderson Silva for their belts. And, um, you know, he, he changed so many weight divisions, he, you know, he, and he is the best trash talker. If, you know, he's one of the best trash talkers in a main, if not the best trash talker in the sport and uh, you know he just talks so much trash to his opponents and um i feel like it's because of his trash talks that he gets so promoted in whichever organization he is even though you know he's had like 15 losses on his record and he hasn't been the champion ever uh, but overall, he's a fantastic fighter. He's a fantastic wrestler. And so is Vanderlei Silva. So we have this fight between these two legends. And it starts. Anyway, so the fight starts. Uh, I mean, it's so weird. Uh, Vanderlei Silva has a really weird stance. He looks like he's about to lose balance. And he has his shots ready. He's kind of like wobbling them, I guess. He's wobbling his hands to, uh, you know, make them unpredictable, to make you think that, you know, they're unpredictable and you, you don't really know where the shots are going to be coming from. And um, his legs are kind of awkwardly standing in a stance, I guess. But that's just Vanderlei Silva, and it tends to work for him, apparently. And Chel Sonnen... He knows that Vanderlei Silva has deadly shots and that he won't stand a chance um, with um, Vanderlei striking. 
So what he does is that he has an amazing game plan. So he shoots, he constantly shoots for takedowns and he starts wrestling with Vanderlei Silva. Now Vanderlei Silva, I mean, Chael Sonnen needs to be extremely careful because Vanderlei Silva is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and his Jiu-Jitsu skills are on point. So if Chael Sonnen is um, scrambling with uh, Vanderlei Silva on the ground, he needs to be extremely careful and, um, you know, not, do anything out of line or make a simple mistake because it might turn against him and you know eventually uh, take the fight away from him anyway so you know the fight just continues like this back and forth back and forth um Vanderlei Silva tries to uh, uh, throw strikes and shots. However, Chael Sonnen, uh, he has uh, so many great takedowns. And Vanderlei Silva, he kind of has weak takedown defenses. So he just kind of goes along with um, uh, whatever Chael Sonnen shoots for a takedown. And he's kind of unable to defend against them. So that's pretty much the recurring theme of the entire fight, unfortunately. And so, as you, as you can guess, in the end, the fight, you know, Chael Sonnen wins this fight through decision. And Vanderlei Silva is extremely, extremely angry about the results. But, I mean, I feel like Vanderlei Silva should have had a better game plan. It felt like Chael Sonnen was fighting a smarter fight. But Vanderlei Silva, because there is so much beef between these these two guys, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to trash talk about you before the fight, but after the fight, we're cool. No, these guys have been beefing with each other for so many years, and the beef never ends. It's almost personal, you could say. So just like I was saying, Chael Sonnen had a smart game plan. However, I feel like Vanderlei Silva kind of played it a bit emotionally, and um, he just... um, attacked with emotion not really uh, techniques and a smart game plan so i guess that is why he lost in this fight and man chel sonnen in his post-fight interview he called out everybody and just like i said he's not he doesn't have the perfect uh, professional record but he keeps saying that he's undefeated and that he, you know, choked out the guys that really in reality choked him out. And I mean, that's part of his game plan. That's part of his trash dog. And it seems like it's working. But yeah, man, he Chael Sonnen called out Fedor Melinenko. And um, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? You know, d- the comeback of Fedor. Chael Sonnen is going to be fighting him. That's going to be pretty exciting if it does happen. But yeah, man, best of luck to Chael Sonnen, best of luck to Vanderlei Silva. Good job to everybody who fought on this card. It was um, a very, very exciting uh, fight card to watch over this weekend. And good job to Bellator. Yeah, man, keep up the good work. All right, quickly moving on to UFC Fight Night 112 in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay, so uh, because of uh, our time limitation, I'm just going to be breaking down the main event of this card which was um about between um, kevin lee and michael chiesa so in the summer kickoff um, press conference if you guys uh, got the chance to watch it there was so much beef between these these two guys it seems like trash talking is almost becoming a trend nowadays in the MMA world. They were just trash talking each other. And especially Kevin Lee, he started <laughs> uh, 
almost calling out Michael Chiesa's mom and started making jokes about her and Michael Chiesa got really angry and that is initially how the beef started between these two and these two really seem like they hate each other. Anyways, so the fight starts. Let's go to the fight. The fight starts and, you know, Michael Chiesa seems like he has a game plan but he shoots for a takedown okay he shoots for a takedown to in order to submit Kevin Lee because he uh, Michael Chiesa is known for his great groundwork and um, great jiu-jitsu skills and so he shoots for a takedown tries to submit Kevin Lee however Kevin Lee takes that opportunity and uh, you know uh, makes it in his favor in a way so now he is in the dominant position and now He's uh, in a position that he can submit Michael Chiesa. And so eventually, uh, you know, th- these two just scramble on the ground. And there's some ground and pounds by Kevin Lee. And uh, so Kevin Lee, ultimately, he gets Michael Chiesa in a rear naked choke. Okay, it's really, really tight. You could tell. But the thing is, it feels like Michael Chiesa can actually get out of this if he tries hard enough. So just like I said, even though it's extremely tight and you, you know, maybe in 10 seconds the fight's going to be done because Michael Chiesa might just get unconscious or might just tap out. But it's not done yet, okay? The choke is so tight, but the fight isn't over yet. Michael Chiesa isn't unconscious yet and he hasn't tapped out yet. However, the referee stops the fight. Yes, and that is another controversy um, on this fight card. And, you know, many people don't agree to the uh, referee's decision, but it is what it is, man. I mean, what can I really say? Kevin Lee won that fight through uh, submission, I guess. But Michael Chiesa didn't really do anything. So, yeah, man. All right, man. That is all I have for you today, fam. Make sure you tune in next week as well. And make sure you go to CFRE.ca to catch up with our show. And until next time, my friends, it's your girl, Janon, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.